I already decided Nick's winning. So. Oh, my goodness. Oh. What? what? Handshake agreements. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if it holds up in court. Well, Paul and I have our own game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and our own university system to award these points. <laughs> Paul, they're so antipodal over there. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> so, here we go. <laughs> Sorry, that was that was dumb. No, it was awesome. Dog. Dog, dog barking. <laughs> That's what a poodle sounds like. Yes. <laughs> you know why we put you in the middle so you can't get up and leave? Yeah. <laughs> the Beatitudes! Man, I'm so excited that we have our guest here today with us on the Beatitudes who during the theme song said, like it. <laughs> That's like, we're leaving the social media world and we're liking it in real life. If only everything had a button you could press. Like it. Yeah. Dislike it. <laughs> well, speaking of liking it, I want to uh, tell you my name is Jeff Shuffleby and I've added two friends in my life. Nick Besner. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? <laughs> Thanks for accepting my request. And I've been following Paul. He finally accepted my request yes. to be friends on Real Life. Yes. On Paul Colker. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Yes. Friends IRL. As the kids he was say. Go- he was ghosting you for a while. I know, but then I got blushy faced emoji, so <laughs> emoji. I'm very French in my <laughs> We are obviously not over thirty-five. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, hang in there. Hang in there. Well, you you are under thirty-five. That's right. Yes. Yeah. You know, I'm about to introduce to y'all one of my favorite people. Um, and no, if you're watching the YouTube version, this is not Clark Kent. This is actually, (laughs) uh, this is a man named Dr. Jonathan Sanford, and he has embraced fully what dudeness is. Dude is a sharp dressed man from the 1880s or 1890s. (laughs) I need a beard like yours is what I need. It's it's pretty salt and pepper these days. He rode up in a horse and carriage, so he was very, very on par. It It makes you look wise. Yes. Yeah. Your glasses make you look smart. Yeah, that's why I still wear them. I had Lasex, uh, you know, years ago. These are just readers. That's awesome. It's a decoy glasses, huh? I was I, just kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dr. Jonathan Samford, I feel like this is like one of those moments where I'm in public with you, so I'm calling you doctor. But um, and now you've earned that. I'm not trying to take that away from yeah, you. No, you can just call me JJ. I call you JJ. Sometimes I call you John John. I've called you Dr. J. <laughs> I, what about JJPHD? Is that does that also work? That's that's a lot of lot of letters. That yeah. seems like one of those acronyms that's forbidden. <laughs> it's just alphabet soup at that point. Thank you for coming to the Beatitudes. My pleasure. I'm happy to be here. Did you ever? Thank, thanks, thanks for the work you guys are doing. This is fantastic. Oh, thank you. It's impressive. Thank uh, you. The way you're reaching hearts and minds and and touching souls. Well, I feel like we're in this um, halo that's coming around all of Irving and the diocese of Dallas. But the centerpiece of that is the University of Dallas, where you are the president of the university. Yeah, we're really blessed to be where we are, and uh, you know, kind of like a like an anchor, um, pulling pulling in a lot of a lot of great people. An anchor thanks, that's thanks be to God for magnetized. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Tell us for people who don't know the University of Dallas. That's one of those things where people sometimes people in Dallas don't know what it is. Tell us a little bit more about that university, and then we'll get real personal. Yeah, we're a cat. <laughs> This is not, just this. not just personal. <laughs> the University of Dallas is my personality. Um, the, this the, is uh, as vulnerable as it gets, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, good. we're we're a Catholic liberal arts university. Um, we are known for our fidelity to the magisterium. We're known for the core curriculum that all of our undergraduate students go through, 
We're known for our Rome program. We have a campus in between Rome and Castle Gandolfo that we send all of our sophomores to. And one of the things I love about the University of Dallas is our independence as well as our Catholicism. What I mean by that is we're not a diocesan university, although we're in close relationship with the diocese. And, and Bishop Burns is a huge supporter, and he, he sits on our board as our chancellor. Nice. Um, but we are not run by the diocese. We're not run by a religious community, but we have this wealth of religious communities that surround us. So we have a Dominican priory on campus. We're moving forward with building a Dominican sister convent for the Nashville Dominican sisters who Yay. teach for us. Wow. We have the Cistercian Monastery, Our Lady of Dallas, just right across the street. And those men have been teaching with us and being educated by us um, almost since the beginning of the university in the mid-1950s. We've got, of course, the legionnaires who are just across the field. We've got active other uh, ministries. Opus Dei is very active in Irving. And um, well, traditional Latin Rite Mass um, parish just right up the street in Mater Dei. And many other groups besides. So you've got all of these these authentic charisms feeding mm. into the mm. life of the university and the university's commitment to a, a really integrated education in the Catholic intellectual tradition and an outstanding approach to student life, very active campus ministry. We've got focused missionaries on campus and um, our students are, are nurtured um, not just in the life of the mind, but in their moral and, and spiritual lives as well. And that is a beautiful thing to be a part of. I should say we're not all about undergraduate education. We've got a, a thriving business college that offers graduate degrees and, and a whole bunch of business areas as well as the DBA. And we've got uh, a number of PhD programs and master's programs and Humanities degree. What, what was DBA? What did you just say? Doctor of Business Administration. Oh. Mm. Why be a master <laughs> when you can be a doctor? Nobody's ever talked to me about Come this before. <laughs> Do you remember Is the last time I sat with you, I asked you for an honorary doctorate? <laughs> well, we, we, we got to get you back to finish your degree, Jeff. <laughs> To be clear, my <laughs> master's degree. Oh, my master's sure, degree. Sure. Come on. Master's degree. <laughs> I, I was excited to find out you were a former student. I spent a year there. Yeah. I did. It was oh, a great nice. year. Yeah. I was 30 years old. I got wrapped up in the party lifestyle. No, I'm just kidding. Not, <laughs> on, not on campus. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything that the university doesn't offer? You just yeah, no kidding. Like, I couldn't even keep up. A lot of Latin words in there. <laughs> it's like the Catholic cornucopia. I, I, can, I, can, I can translate, you know. This, this should be beer, and, and you'd get more progress. But. There, oh. you go. there you go. Well, hey, listen, we we'll take that. a time out of the commercial. <laughs> <laughs> we need to reach out to Celestial again. That's no. right. Yeah. Wait a minute. That's 10% alcohol by volume. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. We tanked on that show. <laughs> Paul doesn't know. He was drinking the sparkling water, and he was just watching me turn red. Yeah, he got flushed real quick. So, so uh, man, there to, to Nick's point, yeah, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's a nexus of so many different... Beautiful Catholic ministries all in one spot. Yeah. The, the narthex melting pot of... <laughs> <laughs> the entryway to a church? I, 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 I can give you more. Oh, keep going. Go. Tw Twelve bishops have graduated from the university. No wow. way. I knew it was some. We, I know it was some plus ten. We, we, we've got the seminary um, just off campus and the Redemptorist Mater Seminary. Um, in Dallas, we form all of those men intellectually and... and uh, 
you know, we, we produce a lot of doctors. Um, we've got mm. a, an above 85% med school placement rate, which wow. is higher than most Ivy League schools. And um, produce a lot of lawyers. We produce a lot of great mothers and fathers. See, it's interesting, too, because with a name like University of Dallas, do, do most people realize instantly that it's a Catholic church, uh, Catholic school, I mean? Catholic you church? Know, yeah. <laughs> we, um, we have a problem there. Oh. And um, it's not uncommon for a Catholic university to be named after a city. Uh, sure. There are a number of examples. But, yeah, uh, I, I have to lead with a Catholic thing. And we've got this tagline, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. And uh, I can talk about what we mean by that. Yeah, yes. uh, There's a a real need to think for yourself, uh, particularly in our culture today. And and giving our students the ability to judge arguments coming from whatever direction, that's a a real gift. Well, and isn't that a big part of the core curriculum there is a a rigorous training and writing and then philosophy along with that? That, That's right. That's right. So you— A lot of writing, um, a a lot of— of uh, vulnerability hey. <laughs> and, and, and defending your positions and having somebody mm-hmm. say, you know what, I, I, I think that that's wrong and learning how not to get upset about it and, and come back with uh, a better argument. So it's about a pursuit of truth and, right. and one where you maybe you're invested in your argument, sure, but you aren't like offended or, or harmed by somebody else disagreeing with you. It sometimes takes a little time for, for our, our new students to learn how to do that, but that's, that's the outcome. That's, that's the goal. Awesome. I think that one of the ways that I've heard you describe this, and what I've got to be very honest, when I first heard this term, it didn't compute to me what a Catholic Catholic liberal arts college was doing. Like, what is the liberal arts part of that? People, I think, misplace liberal arts in that sentence. Yeah, it's definitely not not um, invoking liberalism. Uh, it's not a political term. Mm. The liberal arts are are those ways of thinking that liberate you from ignorance from a kind of undue attachment to your passions and liberate you for a life well lived. So what we're providing are fundamental um, uh, habits of, of thinking and also moral virtues that enable you to navigate the complexities of our world and to stay faithful to truth with a big T along the way. That's like the coolest pitch yeah. For a liberal arts anything <laughs> ever. Yeah, that's that's why we, we weren't laughing at you. We were laughing because we were just kind of blown away at how perfect that <laughs> all sounds. Probably my, my yeah. dumb face over here. <laughs> Catholic from a big T from Catholics with the big C. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Yes. I like it. Yeah. You know, like the big C church is I, a lot I, different yeah. than the church that just kind of says stuff to you. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Yes. I'm not sure if we're ready for a new tagline, but I like that. <laughs> I like... That's the social uh, media tagline. Right? I think yeah. we could all kind of help you out here. University of Dallas, we're actually Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> the rest, of, well, I'm not going to say the rest. Some of you could maybe drop that word from <laughs> what you're doing. Whoa, hey, yeah. Hey, <laughs> Shots fired. I'll, I can defend myself. I'm liberal arts. Yes, good job. <laughs> you have a black belt in Instead of liberal arts. I'm going to have a black eye. Any, anytime independent thinking comes up. Jeff's just going to say, nope, liberal arts. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. You know, well, speaking of this idea of uh, being truly, I don't even know the right terminology for this, so I'm going to punt this to you, Dr. JJ, <laughs> is being so authentically Catholic or rooted in the teachings of the church that you end up on these things like the Newman honor roll for colleges and universities. Can you speak to that a little bit? Because I think that there's a lot of people who just label it. Every, every school is just a Catholic or not Catholic school. Yeah. So, um, you know, 
the the Newman list is um, really the the brainchild of Patrick Riley, who was a student at Fordham University in journalism and was outraged at at some departures there when he was a student from um, magisterial teaching and mm-hmm. and um, um, he he put together a way to to uh, test accountability to the magisterium. Um, I, I tend to, to uh, and, and we've been on that list since the very beginning, and it, it's a way for, for parents and prospective students to, to ascertain, okay, is this one of those schools or not, right? Mm. Do they, do they um, it, can you check the boxes that need to be checked? Do they have a mandate for each of their theologians from the bishop with permission to teach theology? Are they really forming students in um, a, an authentic Catholic anthropology in their philosophy of human person courses? Do they have um, a, a, a faithful campus ministry office? Um, I, I, I look to two main sources, Ex Ecclesiae, which is an apostolic constitution that Pope St. John Paul II issued in um, the 1990s that is focused on what a Catholic university is, both as a Catholic institution and as a university. And as you guys know, St. John Paul II, he, he's, a, he's a, um, a creature of the university. He had two doctorates in philosophy and theology, taught for many years in Poland. And um, he understands the, the, the depth of formation that's required and protects there as well academic freedom, rightly understood as circumscribed by the truth and careful reflection with respect to the common good. Those are kind of the two ways in which he he uh, frames how you come at academic freedom. But um, to be a, a, a Catholic university, to be authentically Catholic, you, you need to measure up to some of the norms that he articulates in that apostolic constitution. Like you need to have um, uh, the majority of your of your faculty be Catholic. You need to make sure that um, those, whether they're Catholic or not, understand and can express respect for the Catholic Church and the Catholic intellectual tradition. So we, we have both Catholic and non-Catholic mm-hmm. faculty, and um, yet everyone is, is wrapped up in this mission. The other document mm-hmm. that's vitally important is the idea of a university. St. John Henry Cardinal Newman put together this series of lectures in the late 19th century when he was charged by the bishops of Ireland to found a Catholic university. And they're incredible reflections on what it is to be a university. And what I love about Newman is he does not flinch from explorations, inquiries into every subject matter. What, what I think you find in both those documents is a, a freedom from anxiety, right? Um, to be deeply rooted in the Catholic intellectual tradition is not to be afraid of anything. Mm. And, and to realize that there are treasures to to pull from all traditions. Yeah. This is part of what it is to be Catholic. And, and St. Augustine was the first to really frame this well with that image that he gives of the way in which when the, the Israelites left Egypt, right, they, they, they took gold with them. And there's mm. gold to be found in all places in yeah. which the human spirit is active. So um, we're, we're not trying to circle the wagons. We're not trying to protect <coughs> ourselves from the world. What it is to be Catholic is fundamentally to be on a mission to, to evangelize. And there are lots of ways in which we evangelize. But 
we want to orient our students to reclaim culture, take it by storm by being the best surgeon in the hospital system, to be top-notch lawyers, to be outstanding mothers and fathers and mm-hmm. educators and uh, businessmen. We've got graduates running you know, multi-billion dollar corporations. And and that's a way to build up culture and reclaim it. So, so, so we're 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 not we're not exercising the 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 framework in which we're we're just trying to protect our students, but it's important that the environment, the culture we have on campus gives them space from intrusions so that they can really be nurtured and embrace the vocation of, of being a student. Then they go out and they do remarkable things. Dr. Sanford, I think that you uh, have shown also that you are unflinching in approaching some of these topics, especially in a culture that wants to be attacking and canceling. You end up on a lot of news shows. You end up in a lot of interviews. What is that like for you? And have you ever faced, um, I don't know, maybe have you ever faced one of these interviews where you could feel like the butterflies in your stomach because you're going up against an opposition or are you generally walking in and you know, here's what I'm going to be able to deliver and it's only going to be two minutes I can get in and out. Like, what is that like for you? Yeah, I, 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 um, I pray before Good. those engagements and I ask the Holy Spirit to give me the words that I need. And um, there, there, are, there are moments where I have to be on guard um, where there might be a long pause before you hear me answer a question or... Um, uh, some things have to be sidestepped, and and then there are moments where where you can you can really step in and make a strong point and mm-hmm. maybe touch a heart, yeah. and and I'd try to keep a uh, a framework of uh, this is this is another soul I'm talking to now, and a whole bunch of people are listening to this or watching this, and how can how can I make a case for them and and reach those individuals who are open. To being reached and not just have a defensive posture. Sure. Well, and, and I love that you say sidestepped in partially, I think these days, because there can be a very uh, rhetorical false framing of certain issues where it's, oh, let's paint this as an either or when really there's, there's a little bit of uh, prudential judgment that can be exercised in those, in okay. those circumstances. And, and, but it, it's framed up as, oh, well, if you're not this, then you're, you're against us or that's right. that that's kind right. of thing. Yeah, and, and that's all over the place now, right? And, and our soundbite culture lends itself to, to mm. that kind of, of you know, antipodal um, and um, really, really uh, uh, fractious uh, environment. But um, we're, we're about argumentation. We're about making a case, receiving a case, digging in, Learning how to how to really argue without quarreling. I mean, I, I mm. want I want all of our students to exercise that that nearly lost art of exercise of arguing without quarreling. Class is in session, ladies and gentlemen. I'm this writing is, down words to I look know. up with. <laughs> <laughs> this is good stuff. Please see your show notes for empty poodle. Yes, there will be a quiz on this later. That is not being against poodles. <laughs> this is a totally different anti poodle. <laughs> Speaking Sorry, of- I forgot myself. <laughs> no, so good, so good. Uh, that's why I didn't get my master's degree. <laughs> no, no. You're one of the smartest guys I know, Chuck. Jeez, all right. Well, let's keep that spirit going. We're going to play a game. <laughs> We're going to play a game called Blessed Are the Joke Makers, for they shall inherit the points. That's right. Ooh. And so the way this is going to work is we've got a character card, and a question card of some kind. And so as the character, we have to answer this question or fill in the blank or, or whatever it is. So we got to 
take on a persona here and try to uh, to answer this. So, how many and then, points are we gonna get? Thirty nine points. Thirty nine. Thirty nine. I'm points. going for it. All right. <laughs> Not like any of those other times. I was holding back <laughs> until you lowballed the points. <laughs> now you're really That's leaning. Awesome. In. All right. And I think I have 39 <coughs> points on the year for crying yeah, out loud. Yeah, I think that might be correct. Well, we'll get Christopher to check for <laughs> yes, us. That's right. God bless that. Man. I already decided Nick's winning. So. Oh, my goodness. Oh. What? What? Handshake agreements. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if it holds up in court. Well, Paul and I have our own game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and our own university system to award these points. <laughs> Paul, they're so antipodal over there. <laughs> Okay, all right. <laughs> so here we go. <laughs> Sorry, that was that was dumb. No, it was awesome. Dog. Dog, <laughs> dog That's what a poodle sounds like. Yes. You know why we put you in the middle so you can't get up and leave? Yeah. <laughs> You're stuck for another thirty-ish minutes. All right, here we go. So the character is as a drill sergeant. You have to answer the question, Lord. I need blank. Lord, I need you to drop down and give me 20. Wow. Lord, I need you to make sure that more of these university systems understand ex corde ecclesiae. Pronto. Lord, I need you to get your thesaurus for antipodal. Lord, I need you to give Jeff an honorary master's degree. Sir. One's enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. JJ, first of all, we're sorry. Clay. <laughs> I'm not sure what just happened. No, nobody is. Neither are we. Yeah. We'll wake up tomorrow in a cold sweat like, what I, did I, I do? I think I like it. <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? Uh, well, who is the, is it Nick or did yeah, you, you, did you reconsider? Your... Um, I'm, I'm going to go with Nick. Nick and the Antipodals. Oh, all right. Woo! Yeah, Okay, for being our celebrity judge, you get a pair of socks from Sock Religious today. You are getting St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. Why would we give you these socks? I I, I always wear feminine socks. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. There's a tie-in here. She's the first educator in America, right? I know, I know. Look, he's, listen, right now, I know this for a fact, Nick is wearing uh, St. Joan of Arc. I am. I am wearing one of the Mary Full of Grace where she's, when you walk, you step on the head of the serpent because it's on mm. the bottom of the sock. And I am wearing Ralph Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing a scapular. Oh, that, nice. That's kind of feminine. As a sock? Oh. <laughs> just wrapped Wait, repeatedly. Are we all just going to start showing off? I'm actually wearing barbed wire right now, and I'm beating myself in oh between meetings. <laughs> Okay, so Sock Religious, you can get your own Sock Religious socks with a 10% discount if you are a Beatitude lover, which if you're listening to this, you've got to be a Beatitude lover. Must. And uh, we're going to hear from by going to SockReligious.com slash Beatitudes. Man, thank you. I got you. I got you. you. All right, we're going to hear from our other sponsors. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Sitting here with Dr. J. J.J. Sanford, president of the University of Dallas. I don't think I've ever addressed a president of anything (laughs) so casually. (laughs) 
What's up, dude? <laughs> hey, dude. <laughs> Break uh, it down for us, Dr. J. That's right. That's right. Um, one of the things you mentioned in the first uh, segment there was the focus on being an independent thinker. Um, obviously, that's a that's a journey. Um, I'd, I'd be curious to know more about your journey as an independent thinker and, and maybe your journey to University of Dallas. Yeah. Um, yeah, my, my journey. Well... Was born on yeah. <laughs> the, the um, what was the weather yeah, like that in night? the begin in the beginning. <laughs> um, you know, I, I I was planning to be a, a lawyer, and uh, that was one of the iterations. Uh, what was most important to me when when um, I was at that stage in my life was actually uh, my family. My wife and I got married after our sophomore year of college, and uh, I I was blessed to have a. a full scholarship to study classical languages in this wow. great books um, type program. Where were you? At Xavier University in Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. And, um, and at first I thought, well, maybe I'd teach high school and, and coach basketball and baseball. Um, and um, and then I thought, well, maybe I should be an attorney and actually make money <laughs> because <laughs> after after uh, our, our junior year, we, we had our first child. And um, – and, and I took the LSAT, and I did well, and my hometown of South Bend, Indiana, and I was going to go into practice with my father, who's an attorney. And um, when it came time to pull the trigger and actually uh, follow through, I just I, I couldn't do it. And I stayed up all night praying, and uh, my wife came out in the morning. I was still sitting in the chair that I was in when she went to bed, and I said, I think I'm supposed to go to graduate school and be a philosopher. Just like, Amazing. just like everybody does, right? And, and get out um, the coupon book. Um, <laughs> so, um, um, she said, "Great, call your dads." So that tells you something about my. Uh, that is, um, not that my. I, <laughs> okay. But, but I thought uh, I heard my, an S my, on the my, end. Of that. I was going. Was that father, just me? <laughs> my father and my father-in-law, both of whom were eager to see us uh, move back to our hometown. Yeah, and. Um, so quickly put out applications, went to the graduate school. And, and part of my motivation was I was so grateful for the teachers that I had had both in high school and in college and thought, you know, what what's the way I can actually uh, not repay the debt, but but uh, make, a, make an act of, of real gratitude mm. to the gifts that I was given. And teaching was, uh, was my attraction. And I, I had a teacher um, who, who said, look, um, you're going to get really bored if you only teach high school. You've got the capacity to get a PhD, and you might enjoy teaching college. and And why don't you try that? And if it doesn't work out, then teach high school. And that was that was sound practical advice. And um, the um, not that that you're raking in the dough with with either one, but you know, that was that was not my primary focus. Um, and and I, I had a, a part-time business on the on the side. I was painting houses and, and occasionally doing roof jobs. And uh, we made our way through a graduate program. Or like I, every I philosopher did. does. <laughs> and, and, a lot of and, thinking up there. Yeah. And, and, and I was blessed with a, a generous stipend from the university. And um, I nice. reached a point of crisis, though, where, where um, I was not connecting my philosophical studies with my faith life. So when my wife and I were preparing for... Uh, marriage, uh, we got connected to the couple couple league, um, and the catechism had had come out not that long before. Um, we were immersing ourselves in that, immersing ourselves in 
Envoy magazine. I don't remember that. Patrick Madrid I was do. involved. Yeah. And and I read um, the book Envoy for Christ. Yeah. And and then Catholic Dossier, um, uh, Ralph McInerney at Notre Dame uh, was was putting that out, and and just expanded our understanding of of the faith and and really committed ourselves to living a, a Catholic life. Mm-hmm. We wanted that from the the beginning of our marriage, but. Um, I, I wasn't putting the two things together, and I felt kind of stuck and um, uh, was praying about it and and um, realized that I, I was never praying about how to approach my studies and, and in the sense of integrating them with with my, my, my faith life. And you may not know this, but uh, the phil- you know, most most philosophers are not theists, much less, moral realists. There's, there's a lot of agnosticism, maybe unsurprisingly. Sure. And so I was in an environment where, um, and I was at a secular university where, where, um, I had freedom to kind of do what I wanted, but, but, um, it was, it was that inspiration that led me to commit my studies under the care of St. Thomas Aquinas. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at that time, not a great student of St. Thomas Aquinas working on, on a lot of German philosophers and, and Aristotle and Plato. Then um, had a postdoc at Fordham University, uh, did some teaching there, worked on my first book, and um, made some friends, and uh, got a, uh, a job offer from several places, one of which was Franciscan University of Steubenville. And I was interested in what they were doing in their philosophy department in particular, where I was kind of like a bridge between two areas. Uh, they're, they're big on the thought, uh, they were at the time, of Dietrich von Hildebrand, mm. um, who had a big influence on me. and great champion for um, promoting the dignity of the human person. He was a, a, a great uh, defender of um, uh, Jewish culture and, and Jewish individuals when, when he was in Germany and, and in Austria and, and kind of a heroic, inspiring figure. And, and then St. Thomas Aquinas, and I was, I was sort of in between the, the two. And I was perfectly happy teaching at, at Franciscan. It's a, it's a great institution and was there for 13 years. And, and progressively was um, asked to take on leadership positions and and um, did a, a work that I'm, I'm really um, happy about that's still bearing fruit at, at Franciscan and wanted to step back and, and work on another um, another book. I just come out with one and um, uh, actually uh, told told my boss I, I was the associate vice president for academics at the time I'm, I'm gonna step back and University of Dallas reached out and asked me to consider uh, the deanship of the undergraduate college. And I initially said, um, no, I'm not interested. And I've got a sabbatical coming up and I'm gonna work on this project. I'm gonna spend more time with my family. And, uh, and I had, a, uh, at that time, a, a side business uh, with rental properties. And um, I have a friend on the faculty who I've known for a long time who, who uh, sent me a private message and said, dude, give us a look and, 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 and I did and um, when I when I first um, addressed the faculty as part of that process after going through several rounds of interviews I, I um, um, was just blown away by how much I felt at home even though for me at the time as a midwesterner who spent some time in New York um, but mainly a midwesterner uh, Texas just seemed like a foreign land, <laughs> and I wasn't expecting to feel so at home. Um, and a lot of that has to do with what uh, the University of Dallas is, is all about. So, you know, um, 
I, I continue to teach, um, and I love teaching, um, and uh, don't obviously have the same amount of time, but I taught a course with a colleague this past semester, and uh, but I, I feel like my calling is in leadership, and um, and University of Dallas is the sort of university that makes sense to have a president who's also a, a scholar. I um, co-edited a book last year and, and had some other publications, but um, uh, the real focus is on, on uh, preserving and uh, marching us forward uh, as an institution, and um, um, I'm really excited about our, our, um, our, our plans for the future and the, and the work that we're doing. So, Incredible. I had no idea. That you was long. So that much. was long and boring. No, <laughs> I, it makes me want to like not ask you too many questions because first of all, what books have you been writing? I don't even know this, and they're not on the bookshelf, so I don't know where we can get our copy. Yeah, so um, I have a book on category theory that I co-edited oh. <laughs> with Ar- Aristotelian. What? Uh, yeah, yeah, and 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 then um, <laughs> I, 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 I have a book on on virtue ethics that I'm the single author of called Before Virtue. I have a book on Spider Man and philosophy. <laughs> nice. Uh, I was about to say that, the comic that, books. Yeah. I I know, yeah. <laughs> but maybe that one. Wait, yeah. so yeah. Before Virtue, a play on the After Virtue. Yeah, that's right. Nice Good for you. Okay. Paul. Well, I, yeah. I was I was in seminary for a couple of years, so I had okay. to take a deep dive into philosophy. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So that's um, wow. That's cool. And, and uh, the book last year was kind of a tribute to my PhD advisor. Uh, so the philosophical legacy of Jorge J.E. Gracia. He was a, a Cuban immigrant who came to the United States, studied at the University of Chicago and then um, Toronto, worked with Angel Son, that might be a name that you've heard before. Familiar, uh, yeah. At the Medieval Institute there and, and uh, had an influence on me and, and a lot of other people. And uh, so... Wow. And, and right now I'm working on a book on, on virtue and education, uh, more for kind of a, a broader audience than, than just us nerds. Well, so. <laughs> I, I do like that you're emphasizing that, though, the, the, the way virtue and, and education go hand in hand, because yeah. uh, at least as far as I, I remember learning and understanding was that um, Aristotle always said you can't understand the truth if you're basically mired in vice, that vice distorts our way of thinking. And so... Yeah. That it's virtue that allows us to be able to even perceive the the end that we that we think we're after, which is the truth. And yeah. so, you need both of those. That if you're not behaving ethically, that if you're not behaving what well, you know we would say great in a grace filled way in the Catholic tradition. I mean, you can't even approach the truth. That's right. That's right. You need you know, the one image that Plato uses for this is uh, I don't know if you ever read the Republic, but there's this cave analogy, right? And, and the released prisoner making his way out of the, the cave. And, and uh, Socrates, the character in that dialogue, remarks that uh, you, can't, you cannot see the things themselves without turning your whole body. We can't, we can't um, kind of like an owl, uh, look behind our back. We, we've got to have our, our whole self oriented towards mm. the true good and beautiful. And that's a that's a powerful image that gets carried through in a variety of ways uh, throughout the, the the Western intellectual tradition and, and a lot of the uh, Catholic theologians build upon it as well. Well, and then yeah. education means to like lead out of that's it, yeah. right that's to lead out of the. You're the just kid. nailing it here. <laughs> I, you and, should, and, I, I should have said you won that that world contest earlier. He's winning this part. <laughs> and anti, antipodal means being against dogs. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so clear. <laughs> 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 the University of Dallas right now, when I listen to you speak and I think about the culture we're in, a culture that 
the darker the dark gets, the lighter the light gets and how polarizing in a good way that can be because people are sprinting towards the truth. They're sprinting towards something of virtue when everything else has become, instead of gray area, so black and white and nasty. Mm -hmm. Um, What's the current state of the university as far as enrollment and your ideal growth and like, are you experiencing some of this brand identity in a yep. culture that is desperate for it? Yeah, definitely. And it, for instance, we're just coming to the end of our, our best philanthropic year ever. And wow. a lot of people are responding positively to who we are and, and want to be part of, of our, our mission. So we're, we're um, gearing up for a comprehensive campaign in um, a couple of years. And part of what we're, we're doing is just attracting new friends into what we do. There is... You got three right here, buddy. <laughs> well, I, 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 I feel that. Right um, the, the, um, also on the knees, which are touching. <laughs> but, you know, um, a few years ago, I, I uh, was working with a group of alumni and, and faculty, and we realized that in addition to our students, there are a lot of people we can, we can weed out um, from, from their caves and, and, and help to, to cultivate... Um, uh, their their hearts and minds through basically providing free courses. So we do that through a program called Studies in Catholic Faith and Culture. Uh, we built from that a, a mini-series that EWTN has been broadcasting uh, called The Quest, and we're coming out with The Quest 2, uh, which will be aired this fall on EWTN. You can also just go to our website and put in an email address and, and get it for free. And uh, that's that's building a lot of excitement because people are hungry. Mm. And the thing about the black and the white, Jeff, is uh, we've got to remember that that um, you know there's there's a lot of dark, um, but uh, the way that that light works is it communicates itself far more effectively than the dark, yeah. right? Mm. And and we're we're a tradition, we're a church that um, starts small. Oftentimes, I mean, there were just twelve disciples. And, um, you know, the me- reading from, from Mass today, um, when, when Paul got to Ephesus, um, the chapter before describes, um, you know, th- there, were, there were like um, six guys who, who, who were um, ready to, to receive the seed. And from that grew one of the most vibrant um, early Christian communities. And um, we, th- we need to remember that, yep. that, that what we have to share um, communicates itself this is the nature of of the good. It it wants to share itself and do so in a in a uh, non competitive way, right? I'm in the business of of um, sharing non scarce goods awesome. with, with individuals, and and it's not a zero sum um, game that we're involved in. It's like a like a candle, right? Or like That's fire. Right. It right. it spreads without diminishing. That's right. That's and right. I also think about in uh, the campus you have overseas. I think you called it. Well, if you Highlight it in the Quest 2 that's coming out. Castle Gandalf, was it? <laughs> Gandalfo. Gandalfo. <laughs> Although I think that's, that's, that's what... That's the papal uh, summer residence. I do think uh, that's what inspired uh, Tolkien, though. Yeah, I yeah. think you're right. Yeah. No, I'm sure yeah. it is. Yeah. I just got to go straight to what I actually <laughs> understand. <laughs> we, 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 sell, we sell wine we make there. Oh, uh, whoa. Yeah. Wizard wine? wine? Books? <laughs> I mean... Dewey Santi um, is is the name of that campus. Two Dewey Santi, yes, we Dewey. <laughs> exactly. Dewey <laughs> Santi, how about you? <laughs> Sorry, I was going to make a serious point. <laughs> <laughs> Dewey Santi, Dewey Shui. <laughs> Don't let us get in the way. <laughs> yeah, it's a um, Saint Peter's and Paul met 
in in that location where we have the campus. And, oh wow! And uh, that those are the two saints that, wow. that we reference. But yeah, it's it's beautiful. Fourteen acres and um, uh, including um, a vineyard and and olive grove. And Amazing. We make our own olive oil, although we can't sell that for uh, some sort of legal reason. But mm. well, we sell the wine. Good. Um, that makes yeah. more sense, right? Ship wine, but not olive oil. The um, we would like to do a Beatitudes live recording of the podcast at the <laughs> castle. So, <laughs> well, if, if if you uh, fly us all there, oh. Um, Maybe I would do that. All right. Well, let's put a challenge out there. If anybody would like to fund that moment, <laughs> we're happy to have that conversation. Yeah. yeah. That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be great. I, I think our schedule's free that day. <laughs> yeah. See. Hey, so, uh, JJ, we do a deal on the show called the Beatitudes Question or TBD. And the only rule of TBD is your answer can't be TBD. <laughs> I just made that up, but it's true. Nice. Uh, so it's just from our question deck, and it's a question that is introspective. And given the history and even what you were sharing about earlier, the question we want to ask today from the TBD deck is just, who is an educator growing up that had a big impact on your life? And I think for all four of us to answer this question, it could be something that they moved us in formation or just inspired us or gave us confidence. And I can just quickly share, when we thought of this question coming into tonight, the name that jumped out at me was a sixth grade teacher Robert um, Fordette, I had to remember that, Robert Fordette, he had a class where he talked about persuasion, but not from manipulation, but also just helping people to see the picture and understand why something was important or why they should get on board with it. And I think that some switch went off in my brain and I was like, oh, this is what I'm called to do. Paint pictures so that people can get on board with ideas. And then I just had to pray for the Holy Spirit to get a hold of me, so I didn't use it for evil. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, Always important. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, there's plenty of people that have had maybe more meaningful impact, but that one just jumped out at me as like I remember. In fact, he taught us his name b- backwards was Trevor Editor, which was why I had to remember that it was Robert Fordette. <laughs> I was sitting there like, "What does Trevor Editor mean?" <laughs> you know him by the nickname. Yeah, that yeah. has nothing to do with my story. But who who is Trevor Editor? <laughs> All right. How about uh, Paul? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Father T.J. Martinez, um, yes. S.J. Do you, yes. you know him? Yeah. Brother, when he went down to Houston, my yeah. friend. Oh, I didn't know. Christo yeah, Wright. From his, was he a Jesuit? He before? was a Jesuit before he was uh, fully a Jesuit. I mean, he was still in his uh, scholastic period. I'm going to let you share this, but I've cried so hard whenever I was watching the videos at the end. Okay. Yeah. He, he was amazing. He was my junior theology teacher at Jesuit sure. when I was in high school. And, and the theology program at the time that... I forget exactly what was happening, but he basically was allowed to just create the junior curriculum, or at least for his class. And so he structured it as the first semester was all philosophy, and it was just uh, sprinter's pace, you know, blowing through all of this philosophy. And then the the next semester was all the theology, and he framed it up as here's all the questions, and here are all the answers. And it was a it was a phenomenal way, and it it opened my eyes to a lot of things in terms of oh, well, here's the depth of thought that we can get to, and then here's the, the depth of revelation and just how all of that works together. And um, But then he was just an incredibly personable guy, and I remember he, he would let us make videos with him, and he would act in them, and he was, he was a shorter guy, and he would stand next to one of our tallest faculty, but we, like, lined him up eye to eye and then zoomed out slowly, you know, and he, he let us make all these kind of spoofy sort of things, and he'd play along. And so he was an inspiration to a lot of us, and I know um, I couldn't make it um, – unfortunately to the to the funeral but i know a lot of my classmates he, he was an inspiration for a lot of us he that, died i didn't know him ever my oh. friend michael dillard uh ended up being a huge part of launching that 
school down there that he came Cri- to. Yeah, Crystal yeah, Ray. Crystal Ray and, yeah. and on the board and actually just got some big achievement award. But anyways, I only know this because he would talk so much about Father TJ. Yeah. And I would watch those kind of end of life videos that weren't about, you know, woe is me. Oh, he no. died with such grace and joy. I'm yeah. Obviously, if you're listening to this, Paul and I don't talk about the answers none of us do beforehand <laughs> because I had no idea that was coming. Like, yeah. That what a great great example. I'm no, sorry he, I didn't know him, but I feel like I do from all the videos. Go look him up. Yeah, he's an incredible man. Yeah. All right. That's top, awesome. Top that, JJ. <laughs> <laughs> It's not a competition. For 39 points. 38 points, Paul. <laughs> for, for viewers, I, I think Jeff almost cried. I did. Uh, yeah. No, no, this is... Set, yes. So I, I, I can't do that. Give but. me those socks. I, I earned them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I'm, I'm going to say uh, three names real quick. And, and um, Dr. Tim Quinn in college and... Tom Ditz in high school, Mike Hammond in high school. Um, but I want to come back to my eighth grade literature teacher, Dr. Rollin Lassiter, who um, um, was such a – he gave me my love for, for Tolkien. Mm. Um, he um, – uh, I, I wrote a, a, a kind of a short story for him one time, and it was, it was um, a depressing story. There was a kid who thought he – had superpowers and he jumped off the top of a, of a, of a house because he, he just believed so strongly and died, oh right? And, and 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 he he he, uh, he took me aside and he said, "Look, this is really well well written, uh, but this world is full of these kinds of stories, and um, we need more people who are going to inspire others." And I, I admired him in in tremendous ways, but he 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 modeled for me what it was to be. A, a real man, and he was a recent convert to Catholicism from um, Anglican, Anglican Episcopalian. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, having a hard time here. Long day. Yeah, and yeah. and hot room. Um, yeah, also that, that. that's that's it. <laughs> and um, and and just so deeply learned. Um, he he had uh, left a tenured track um, or tenured position at a university to be part of this classical school where I studied. He came down to uh, Irving, Texas, and um, put together the writing program at a school here called the Highland School. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then he taught at the University of Dallas while still helping out at the Highland School. That's not why I brought him up, uh, but that connection was cool. really powerful for me when, when I was recruited initially by the University of Dallas because I would not be... Yeah. I, I would not have followed the the intellectual path I did were it not for that man. Awesome. So I cool. love these questions. So cool. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Um, I went Trevor editor if you guys are <laughs> <laughs> just so I could get a pair of Jabot jeans. Go ahead. <coughs> yeah, I'm gonna take one out of out of your uh Play, what's playbook? The, yeah, playbook. Yeah. yeah. What's the word? Um, one act play. There you go. Hey. <laughs> a chapter. A chapter so, out of this book. Chapter. Yeah, there you go. Uh in college. GVA, General Van Alstine. Awesome. Um, Jeff, you got to meet him. General Van Awesome. General Van Awesome. Um, really just shifted and shaped um, my thinking and I think the thinking of a lot of young leaders in the business school yep. um, at A&M. And I actually wanted to talk about from high school, um, Craig Hurdle. He was the director of UIL and One Act Play. Uh, at, at Lindsay whenever I was going through school there. And I mean, I was in his theater arts class and his English classes 
those were fine. I wasn't much for liberal arts <laughs> uh, subjects in in high school, um, but in all of the UIL and academics, uh, the extracurriculars that he led, he just demanded excellence um, to a level where, you know, at Lindsay, we were winning state as the expectation. Yeah, like, that was it. Win that, state. <laughs> that anything less than that would have been a failure, right? Wow. And we won something like six years in a row, and we won one act play three out of five years and second the other. Like, What's was the just, name of the award that your school kept winning that I'd never heard yeah, of? Yeah, so the Lone Star Cup <laughs> is... You ever heard of this? It's, it's an award given to each classification of Texas schools, and we won it all four years that I was in high school. And it's, it's like a, the winning, it's a combination. Winning of it's a combination oh. of academics and athletics. Wow. Um, Nobody and, at my school had ever heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> most people haven't. But uh, but yeah, we we that won, tells us a lot about school. <laughs> we won that all four years I, I was in school, and primarily because we were so good in all of the academics Incredible. led by Mr. Hurdle. Wow. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. All right, like I said, I totally love these questions because. I get to know you guys better, and JJ, like, you are a total beatitude. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Highest level of compliment right there. But, but let me ask you I something. I asked him a simple question earlier. He goes for 15 minutes. <laughs> He's like, forget my doctor. He's out of words. He's out of words. <laughs> wow. <laughs> a question for you is, does, does your wife know that you're a beatitude? And that's what we're going to finish tonight's show with, okay? <laughs> okay? Actually, that's not really what this game is. But so we, uh, we have a tradition called Reverse Simpsons. They start every episode differently. We finish every Monday episode differently than any other. So mm. we have to be pretty creative. We phoned your wife. and we <laughs> <laughs> Asked her some questions. Asked her some questions to see if you could get the same answer that she gave. You did not really phone my wife. Hold on you? so I can introduce this episode. You've never heard this music. I just oh. added this. Nice. It's like a Tarzan That was amazing. He's swinging from a vine. Where's Phil Collins when you need him? Yeah. Okay. Surprise and delight. True story. I reach out. I say, I need your help. And we're going to ask you three questions. Oh, I even have the uh, did JJ get it right meter here. <laughs> so we're going to be keeping score, maximum score of three. And um, Christopher, our super fan, will keep track if you get any points here for the rest of eternity. And I will be asking the first question. Your goal is to figure out what did your wife say was the answer? Your wife, Becca. What's the first movie? <laughs> oh, man, this is... this is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our favorite thing to do is invade people's privacy. <laughs> I, I bet you made them tough. <laughs> she helped me. So yeah. there's, there's a play in here. Yeah. What is the first movie that the two of you ever watched together? And I'm happy to play some music to make you sound like you're dreaming or thinking or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, magical response. Um, I'd like to say, um, just the two of us, or or in a don't, group. Don't start. Come on now. No, Come on now. I need. This I need is very academic of you. She. What? Uh, what would she liners. answer to this? <laughs> Flatliners. Yeah. What a good movie. It's a great These movie. young bucks have never heard of that one. Never no, I have. Oh, yeah. Right? I guess. It might have been right when you were at the turn of. Well, I didn't see it, but uh, yeah. Oh, you've heard. Of it. I've heard of it because <laughs> they like they like get right up to the edge of death or something. Oh, it's pretty nuts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she actually says the movie was Wait Until Dark, and you watched it in her 
family's living room in seventh grade with all of the family around. <laughs> okay. See, <laughs> I was thinking of the first movie we watched, just the two. Yeah, on a date or, yeah. Well, that's not the way she thought of it, so <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you got to get into her head now, okay? This all is right, about you. I'm trying. I've been trying for 29, almost 30 years. <laughs> all right. Question number two. What's one practical thing that Becca would say she can do better than you? Uh, she's better with directions than I am. Okay, let's see. And uh, the answer card says, navigation slash directions, you win. And she's very proud of it. (laughs) Yeah, she actually knew you would get that right. She just wanted to make sure that everybody knew. (laughs) Thanks, honey. That's awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) All right. Question. You're you're at one point, everybody. (laughs) Question number. That's not bad, given the. uh, The spontaneity. Yeah. Yeah. Question number three. If you and Becca could live in any city for the rest of your lives, but never, ever move again, where would Becca pick to live? A suspense music playing, smirking emoji. We love Irving. Are you trying to ask me a question? <laughs> Don't look at me. I'm looking, at, I'm looking for some hints I'm here. great at this, so good luck. Okay, so <laughs> we, you we, would we, move we, from here <laughs> to somewhere else and then never leave that place. Well, we love London. All right, that's, let's see what the answer Going was. London? Yeah, I think. The answer is Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> is that news to you? Yeah, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's never happening. As they say, the London of the Midwest. <laughs> it's in bridge there. Yeah. Cheerio, Cincinnatians. <laughs> All right, we are so proud of you. <laughs> Listen, if, so, if, if, if this was baseball, that's a decent average. That's true. <laughs> Correct. It's not. <laughs> Might be Hall of Famer. <laughs> I'll tell you what. So we can't wait to have the bonus show with you, Dr. J.J. Sanford, because we are going to go deep and do some stuff about family. I think you have one of the most fascinating and uh, just admirable families. I think you're an incredible father, but I'm leaving you on the hook so you can learn more about that on the bonus show. So we will see you at the University of Dallas. And until next time, we will see you in the Eucharist. God bless. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to join us at our undersized table, subscribe to the video version of the show on YouTube by typing at, that's the symbol at, so shift and two on your keyboard, at the underscore Beatitudes on YouTube. We'll see you there. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.